happy birthday to Elton John today, celebrating his 74th 74, yep. birthday. Yep, one of the greats. We have uh, a special guest, and uh, he's a Denver guy, born and raised here and still lives here. Kenny Passarelli, one of the great rock bass players of all time. And he toured with Elton John in the mid-'70s, did 83 concerts with him, including uh, Wembley in front of 100,000 people. I bet he saw a few things. Kenny, Kenny needs to write a book is what Kenny needs to do. Uh, back-to-back shows at Dodger Stadium that were sold out, 55000 each, uh, and then recorded at Caribou Ranch. Kenny Passarelli joins us. Kenny, hey, it's Rick Lewis, Dave Logan, Kathy Lee. How you doing? Hi, Rick, Dave Logan, and Kathy Lee. I'm fine. Thank you, man. Thank you for, uh, for uh, getting in touch with me. Well, yeah, you've got uh, just incredible insight into Elton John, and it was uh, not only was he a superstar, you know, selling out Wembley, but at that time of his life, he was going through a, a lot of problems with uh, various addictions, and and was uh, he was he was not I, I guess struggling with the fact that he was gay and and wanted to come out, but the record label wouldn't come out. Is that the story? Well, you know what? When I first uh, started working with him, um, when I got the call to to uh, to join up with him, and the hearing, you know, he called, and uh, it was like this guy was at the peak of his career. He'd been working nonstop since '69. He he he'd been he, his record deal was he had to come up with two records a year and tour behind it. So. He was incredibly. By the time we worked together, he was he was under a tremendous amount of pressure, and uh, because of the way the business was and uh, the business being that when when I look out in the audience, when when I remember who I was looking at, uh, the fans that were there at Dodger Stadium at Wembley Stadium were a majority of young girls. You know, he was a teddy bear. People just loved him. His music was incredible, and he seemed to be somewhat uh, approachable. Uh, you know, he was b- by a younger, young uh, group of kids, and and then there were people who were who are our age or my age who were listening from from the music part too. But he he had this persona that attracted in the repeat buyer, as we know, who are the kids that went to see Titanic nine times, young girls. So uh, he had this huge, huge audience of repeat buyers who were young teenage girls. So the and label the didn't company, want people to know that he was gay. They, they, they wanted him to keep that a secret. It was suppressed. It was. And I was told that immediately uh, when, I, when I went over to, to, to work with him for the very first time. His band, pulled, uh, Davy Johnson, pulled me aside and said, this is what it is. But he's... You know, it's just he's he he and his manager. He's it's a very close, um, a personal situation, but it does not bleed out into the rest of uh, of whatever he's doing, and that's exactly the truth. It was he was incredible, and he was at the very beginning of I think really starting to focus on um, on the addiction thing. I mean, when I worked with him up at Caribou. He always had this. He had another issue too, and I think he he talks about it in his book, and he's vocal about his bulimia. I mean, this guy 
this guy's a husky guy. He's always been that way. But if you look at pictures of him in 75, he was living off of diet uh, Dr. Pepper and al- avocados, trying to, trying, to stay, trying to get thin. Hmm. And I don't think that helped his mental state either. But it wasn't drugged out stuff. That was not happening in 75 and 76. It was the beginning of it because of the frustration and then the breakup with his manager. But I always felt that one of the big issues was the fact that he just wasn't allowed to be who he, who he was and being that powerful and being that popular and not having the control over your life is a very, it's a syndrome I think Elvis went through too. I think a lot of famous people go through this. We're talking to Kenny Passarelli. Um, we've had Kenny on the show before. Uh, talking about him touring with Elton John. For a lot of people, which, and this would be the majority of our audience, uh, never having had a chance to do anything remotely close to what you've done, describe a typical maybe couple of days uh, on the road with, like, Elton John. I mean, you play a concert one night. What happens after the concert? What time is... Is the call the next day? Do you rehearse? I mean, what, describe a couple of days touring with Elton John. Okay, here's a, here's a perfect example. In 75, um, we played McNichols. We had two, two sold-out performances at McNichols. And we, because Elton was playing tennis at the time, and um, we had our own plane. We had a, a 737. It was the star plane. I think it started with Elton and then that plane became the plane of choice for uh, Led Zeppelin and, and whatever. It, it was the rock and roll plane, but the plane had a, uh, a bedroom in the back. It had a bar. It had, I mean, it was an amazing thing. So here's the typical thing. We fly in. Uh, we're, we're staying in Arizona. The plane's in Arizona. We get on, the, get on the plane, fly to Denver, do a sound check, have dinner, um, and while the people are, are you, know, El, you know, Elton's left the building, uh, after our third encore, we're in, a, um, we're in the cars on the way to, to jump on the plane to head back to Arizona and having snacks and dinner on the plane. And that was, that was really our, um, that was what it was like for the American tours, the Rock of the Westies tours. We'd stay in one area and fly out of that and, and there was no, uh, occasionally we'd stay at a hotel for a day or so if we were doing two dates. But usually it was on the plane. There was no, you know, rioting and crazy stuff. Because nobody, you know, we were, we were centered out of, out of um, whether it was Arizona or wherever, and we flew back and forth. Mm-hmm. So uh, that, was, that was that type of thing. But we did do one tour um, uh, in 1976, it was after the release of um, the uh, uh, Blue Moves album. We had Don't Go Breaking My Heart wasn't on the album, but it was a number one single. And, and Sorry seems to be the hardest word. We were torn behind that in England. He was getting such bad press in his own home country at this point of, you're a superstar, but how come you don't come back here? And blah, blah, blah. So we did... By Daimler Limousines, we went from, we, we did a barnstorming tour through from the, the south of England all the way to Scotland. Uh, we, I forget how many dates we did. And it was 2,500 seaters, you know, places like the Mission or, you know, uh, smaller venues. And so that was a whole other experience. Uh, 
Well, Kenny, really large. Yeah, go ahead. You, you've really led the obviously the rock star life that none of us, you know, we we can only read about it and maybe you know watch movies that are are based around that lifestyle. Um, it, it's a hard life. People people just see you up on stage, and you know how glamorous it is, you know, playing in front of thousands of adoring fans. But it's a hard life, and and that's one reason I believe why. Uh, musicians don't live that long. Touring musicians, you know, they tap out pretty pretty early. Uh, and there's just so... Ken, Kenny's not real sure how to take this, yeah, Rick. I, I I'm, just... I'm getting there, Kenny. I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting there, Kenny. But, um... wait, wait, let me get ahead of my oxygen. <laughs> my meds. Yeah. My meds. No, you know what, Rick? I know exactly what you're saying is this, and here's the truth of the matter, is that you live for two hours of a day, okay? You tour, you get up, you go, you get ready, you have a sound check, and then you do the gig, and then you go to the next gig or you prepare for the next one. So, yes, after, that's why I think Dylan and Willie Nelson, it becomes an, an addiction almost to, to, the, to, to that lifestyle. And it's very hard on your body. And, and you have to remember this, the responsibility which I felt when I think back on it as a kid, I was 20, I was 22 when I worked with Walsh. I was 23 with Steven, 24, 25 with Elton. And, and the responsibility of, especially playing with fine artists who, I mean, Elton's the kind of, you don't make any mistakes. So you're on the pressure of, of, of that, of, of, of doing an excellent job, just like you guys are on the radio. You're live. You have to, you know, you have to know your stuff. You have to be, you have to be. You have to have a particular type of edge to do that. So those are the responsibilities, and I think that's why Elton is has survived all these years because he was so disciplined and was so good at what he was doing. And then the lifestyle and the frustration caught up with 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 the other parts of his life. But man, this guy of all the 83 gigs we did, I don't recall maybe one time where he forgot a lyric. And he jumped, wow. kind of fell off the piano stool for a second, just to kind of blame it on, on the background singers. It was, I mean, mm. so these are the kind of. I've been very fortunate. I worked with Hall and Oates and Daryl, one of the best singers uh, on the planet. And these guys, and John, all of these guys, uh, Fogelberg, Fogelberg, another person who was mm. very disciplined, and and uh, the shows were always really, really well performed. So. I've been lucky in that way, and yes, to answer your question, it's a hard life, and it's the glamour part is is even harder to deal with, especially when things go south. In terms of one minute you're playing, like with Fogelberg, one year after four singles he had, um, uh, where at uh, Madison Square Garden sold out, and two years later it's half a house. So that's a tough mm-hmm. one to deal yep. with. Well, Kenny, uh... has a lot more pressure. You, uh, you're a, a Denver treasure, and uh, I remember being a kid, and I was one of those kids that would read uh, liner notes in the album, and I'd see this name, Kenny Passarelli. Uh, you mentioned some of the artists that you played with, and uh, it's, I, I can't believe that uh, not only are we friends, you actually played in my band for a while, too, and uh, I, I... I did, and you, and you, didn't, you didn't forget any lyrics either, man. I never make mistakes. You know that, Kenny. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Thanks for coming on and, and sharing some memories with uh, with the great Elton John. 
uh, thank you so much for having me, and all the best to you guys. Thank you, Appreciate Kenny. It, Kenny. Yeah. Kenny Passarelli. Yeah, legend. 83-stop t- tour. 83 shows with Crazy. Elton freaking John. And, of course, Kenny was uh, in Barnstorm with Joe mm-hmm. Walsh. Kenny co-wrote Rocky Mountain Way. Life of Illusion. Well, I they mean, all needed Kenny because Kenny is the rock, you know? I told him that this yeah. morning when we talked to him. You you can Once you get to know Kenny, and I don't know if you know him, Dave, but you'll see why all of these big rock stars wanted Kenny. Number one, he's a great musician. Number yeah. two, he's just a cool cat. Solid guy. And they can rely on him. They know he's not going to be the guy that's going off the rails. Yeah. Right? Uh, how, how old can he be now? Got to be about 70. Seven, I was going to say maybe yeah. 71. Yep. Something Somewhere like that. In there. Yeah, great, great guy. And He should. I mean, you should be able, Rick, to talk him into writing a book. Because that, be, that would be a heck of a read. I mean, I all the things him. he's experienced. Yeah, I talked to him off the air about it this morning. And he's he's got one ready to go. He, he's, got, he's got in his head a book. And he's just waiting for this next project to hit and i can't even talk about it yet but when that happens he's gonna do it and he he he's played with all of your favorite rock stars and he's got a lot of stories and i've heard a lot of them what a life to live right pretty cool and and kenny's still relatively young yeah uh he takes care of himself he's probably 70 71 he's not like 71 yeah so he's not like a lot of these guys that are, are just completely broken down and burnt out I mean, Kenny's Kenny's fire is still burning hot, so it would be uh, it would be cool to uh, to see him do that next. And I'm proud to call him a friend.